You're listening to Geeks Unleashed, a podcast that covers what's current in the world of pop culture. I'm Mark Brassington, and I'm in London. And I'm Jasmine in Texas. Hello, welcome to Geeks Unleashed. This is episode 68. If you are not already subscribed, you can find us at Geeks Unleashed everywhere, including your favorite podcast platform. Remember, five-star reviews help us get found by more listeners, so please rate and review Geeks Unleashed on Apple or Podchaser. I'm Mark. And I'm Jasmine. And we're back again. And this week's review, <laughs> we are reviewing the first and, and only season of the anime Jujutsu Kaisen. Yay! And spoiler warning, this is a review show. So if you have not had a chance to watch JJK yet, then you might want to pause this and come back because uh, we are literally spoiling everything. And believe me, you don't want this to be spoiled. So it feels like it's been a while. Uh, it has. We, we, we <laughs> this because we, we, we did a little bit of pre-recording. Yes. Uh, so and the reason for that is you uh, took some time off. I how, did. How, how's, your, how's your time off? Wonderful. Mm. I took some me time and I got, I did a day where I went to the salon and I got my hair done. And I did a day where I went to the spa and I got like a massage and a stretch session. Um, I did some sightseeing around my own city to some places that I have literally never been. And even though I've lived here most of my life, um, it was just, it was nice. So I took the, the, some time after Labor Day. So it was already a holiday shortened week. Uh, but yeah, four days of pampering and me time and taking a break and not working, not doing podcasting stuff, not doing work emails. It was great. I really enjoyed it. I can imagine the, the work <laughs> emails. Like oh, yeah. you were, when you log on on that first day and you're like, oh. Yeah, I had uh, 121 messages in my main inbox and then 186 in my secondary inbox. So fun times. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> Whenever you come back from holiday and you see those emails, you're like, I wish I hadn't taken time off. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And then on top of that, when I came back, we had that hurricane that hit, even though it didn't, thankfully, it didn't do much damage to us, but still it disrupted a lot of stuff in the city. Um, so on vacation for a week, come back, there's a hurricane. And then that disrupted my, my job for three days because our internet went down and it took them three days to get it turned back on. So yeah, it's been an adventure these past two weeks for sure. I, sounds amazing. I <laughs> I would love to explore more of Texas, or I haven't explored any of Texas ever, but I'd love to explore Texas like, and come over one day. <laughs> so and um, see how you guys ride to work on horses and stuff like that. So well, hey man, look, we got to do what we got to do, right? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, whilst you were uh, um, chilling out and putting your yeah. feet up and getting yourself pampered, you were uh, moonlighting. I guest starred on two people's <laughs> platforms. So I was on uh, Fable's Blame Fable show as part of the PCP Bad Batch uh, last Wednesday, I believe. Yeah, not Wednesday, gone the Wednesday before. And that's only on Instagram. So it's about an hour and a half. It's kind of similar to this show, really. He do, well, rather than a review, he does news. Mm-hmm. And then everybody then does some show and chat, tells some comics that they've bought and, t- and toys and things like that. Uh, I actually quite liked it. It was quite cool. It was like, because um, it's Instagram Live, you can only have four people. So there's four of us on there. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's four people just hanging out. So it was quite cool for me. It was like 6 30 in the afternoon, my time, 1 30 in the afternoon, New York. And and two of them are from New York and one of them from Michigan. So I think I'd be up for going on there again. It's um, just a bit of a shame that it's at 6.30 in the evening for me. It's That's in the, in the middle, middle of, of dinner. Yeah. 
I said, yeah, it's the middle of like dinner and family time. And yeah, that's the only thing for me. I couldn't do it regularly, but it was cool to do it. I loved hanging out with those guys. Uh, and then last Sunday, I jumped on the Cerebros podcast with um, Vern and Nick from Comic, Comic Culture, who also is part of the Bad Batch. And um, that was pretty cool. So that was, again, a bit of news. And they covered off a couple of things. We won't cover them now. But they talked about the Matrix trailer and some of the, um, the Spider-Man 2 and the Wolverine trailers, which we're not going to go into those now. But honestly, go check out that episode. Those And also go check out those trailers. Like, so, yeah. Um, so, uh, and then we did some comic book reviews and um, the Me You Love in the Dark, I said was my read of the week last week. So definitely going to recommend those two shows. So yeah, go check those guys out. But yeah, did you, did you, by the way, like I, saw, I know you saw a bit of the live with me with Fable. Did you get a chance to listen to the podcast or not? Um, no, not yet. It's on my queue. I'm behind because I didn't do no, anything that that week that I was out. No, 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 no. I just wondered, like, I know because when you came in the live, they were like shouting you out. They're like, oh, Jasmine's here. Like, so, <laughs> like, yeah, oh, I caught actually, the tail into that because you did you did that one on the day that I went and got my hair done. So like when I got back from the salon, I was like, oh, I still have time. So, but anyway, let's uh, catching up's done. Let's go talk <laughs> about some talk about some news. Oh, so, man. Our first piece of news, we're going to do something a little bit similar to what we did before with Spider-Man trailer. We're going to also do a bit of a review, uh, sorry, not review, like we're going to talk over a trailer of Hawkeye, uh, which is going to premiere live on Disney Plus from November 24th. This is the first Christmas we've had together in years. Family, family all in Manhattan. Oh, can man. hear that sort of Chris. Oh yeah, look. Rogers the musical. Time. Yeah, I oh, know. <laughs> Captain America the musical. Authorities are wondering if the masked vigilante who terrorized the city. Oh no, I love vigilante. Show Ronan. Ronan. Ronan is back. The past is caught up with me. Should we be? I love worried? how they flashbacks. No, 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 it's nothing. Yeah. I'll be home for Christmas. I promise. Oh, such lies. Lie. Yeah. I'll be home for. Christmas. He'll just scrape in. He'll just scrape in. November twenty-four. I love. Action stuff suit. at Christmas time. A whole lot of enemies. <laughs> You're she all does look pretty cool. Who the hell are you? I do love Haley Seinfeld. Some people have actually. Oh, Haley Seinfeld. Like, the world's crazy. Are you one of those people? It's the most wonderful. Oh, hey, hey, wonderful. Babe, I should be back um, in a day okay. or two. <laughs> Hang on a second. Oh, like that music, yeah, like, I know, right? <laughs> to all these explosions and fights. More complicated. That looks like it hurts. <laughs> yeah, this holiday season. I love that. <laughs> oh, they got the actress from Wayne's Hill. This is too dangerous. Definitely not this one. You'll have to say definitely like that. <laughs> Holy <laughs> sh! <laughs> there are arrows more dangerous than that one. <laughs> 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 oh, just some Christmas. <laughs> I mean, that's good. Come on. Yeah, uh, I'll. Uh, it's it's growing on me, but you know, like I always say, I'm not a fan of Hawkeye. I, I yeah, but. This is, yeah, but it's not just Hawkeye, Jeremy Renner. This is Hawkeye, <gasps> Hayley Steinfeld. I know, I know, I know. And this is also, we know, this is the other thing about that trailer. 
what I say is what is not showing you. Oh, Where yeah. is Yelena? Where is Yelena? They didn't yeah. show a single thing of her. Yeah. Um, and, and Echo. Also, and Echo. Well, apparently she's in it somewhere. I, I, I Someone did a screen scat caption or something or other i i can't bother to go and look at that but um and all the rumors flying around if they don't put wilson fisk in this show i'm gonna be upset like so <laughs> this is like the perfect show for wilson fisk to be in like i don't know like the, i honestly wish they would just address the fact that netflix tv shows existed and just 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 do it they were perfect they got, i mean they they're, no, they're, okay, kind of, no, they're no, working sorry. on it i'm sure but then no, sorry, no, I know not all of them are perfect. Not everyone loved them. I, I know that. Sorry, I retract my statement about perfect <laughs> But I know not everybody loved them. But I, I actually, I loved most of them. I loved most of them, and even Iron Fist, I enjoyed. Like, and especially the annoying cliffhanger of season two, which just never. I still haven't resolved. seen the second season of that one. Uh, I haven't I mean, seen the second season of Iron Fist, and I haven't seen the third season of Jessica Jones. I think the third season of Jessica Jones is probably the worst. Um, and even season two of Jessica Jones wasn't brilliant. Um, I think, unfortunately, with Jessica Jones, they pulled the trigger and put the purple man in it, um, David Tennant. Yeah, he was really Yeah, they're good. too early. They should have had David Tennant in season three. They should have built up to the big villain. That's, that's where they went wrong. They brought in Jessica Jones, his biggest villain in the first season. And I think they should have teased David Tennant in season one and two and then put David Tennant in season three. That would have been brilliant, I think. That would have been a really good way to have gone out. But that's just me. <laughs> what do I know? So, what do you know? What do you know, Mark? I just watch this shit. Like, so. <laughs> You're just but a anyway, target audience. Yeah, I'm just a target audience. Like. <laughs> um, but anyway, they obviously have to have Wilson Fisk in it. I know that they, they, they're all denying it everywhere. Andrew Garfield's denying that he's going to be in Spider-Man, No Way Home. Um, you know, uh, I've forgotten his name. The actor who plays Wilson Fisk is denying it. Oh, denying Vincent D'Onofrio? Yeah, 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 he's denying it. And he's telling everyone to stop grasping at straws. Like, so <laughs> like, he did say he appreciates the fandom. So I'm psyched. I think Christmas themed show, it does look like it's quite a cool little buddy cop type show, I think, yeah. like from yeah. those little teasers. I think they're a good match. I think Jeremy mm. Renner playing off, or Haley Seinfeld, Seinfeld playing off of Jeremy Renner is a good match at the very least. I wonder what will happen though. Will Jeremy Renner be stepping down or are we going to still see Jeremy Renner after this? Like, I think he'll still be around because they're not ready to do a full on young Avengers just yet. So yeah. I think he's still got a few, a few more years, at least 2025 before he I think, steps I, out. I, I think if you keep paying him, he'll keep coming back. Like, I think Jeremy Renner, unfortunately, isn't lead man material of, you know, he's tried, but there's nothing that he's ever been that successful in not criticizing him i like watching jeremy renner but he, he so far hasn't really succeeded in i think he plays well off of other people mm-hmm. but i don't think he's managed to find his place as lead man um well they don't give him much to work with in this franchise well i, I know not just marvel but like yeah. i thought i thought he was brilliant in the two mission impossible films that he was in and I was yes. disappointed he didn't come back for a third one. And I know that was due to scheduling, but well, maybe he'll be in seven. You'll find out next year. I hope so. I hope that they've <laughs> I hope that they've found a way to keep it a secret. That's what I have to say. <laughs> like, so anyway, 
let's talk about some comics. All right. Oh, there's been some, there's been a load of comic books announced within the like the last 48 hours, and there's a couple I'm excited about, so I thought I'd shout them out. So, as we know, Nick Spencer's run on Amazing Spider-Man's coming to an end with issue 74. 75 is a brand new creative team. I'm not going to talk about those right now, but Peter Parker we know is in some sort of bad way. So. Ben Riley takes over as Spider-Man and it's part of the Beyond Corporation, et cetera, et cetera. They've decided Marvel um, to launch a sort of an untold tales of Ben Riley called Ben Riley Spider-Man. It's written by J.M. DeMattis, artist by David Baldon. Um, I'm not sure if I've said that right. Anyway, so it comes out in January next year. And it's when I say untold tales, it's from it's kind of set in the Marvel 90s era, and it's um gonna fill in the gaps between different stories. And it's when when Ben Riley believed he was the one true Spider-Man before it came out that he was the clone and not Peter Parker was the original. Now, I don't normally read untold stories, like I'm not normally a fan of just going back and reading stuff we didn't know i'm like mm-hmm. yeah that, that stuff never really interests me like unless it's like but like you've always prestige. liked ben riley but i love ben riley so <laughs> yeah. but ben riley is like so i came into i came into comic books in 94 95 something like that and when i came in the client saga was going on and i know a lot of people hate on the client saga but I came in as Ben Riley was becoming Spider-Man. And I remember like picking up Peter Parker's final issues and stuff like that. And I loved all of that Ben Riley as Spider-Man. I was disappointed that they cut him off of Spider-Man too quickly, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. So I, I enjoyed it all. So I'm actually going to pick this up. I'm actually really excited about this. I think actually giving Ben Riley a chance um, at Spider-Man again is brilliant. It's obviously very brave of Marvel because considering the Clone Saga almost killed Spider-Man as a character. It went on too long in the opinion of most fans and they, the numbers for Spider-Man, the sales were going. I remember reading an article at the time back in the 90s that they thought they had actually lost the character of Spider-Man. Um, Which would have been devastating to Stan Lee. Well, because the numbers were just so bad, like, so they had to do a full reverse cycle, bring Peter Parker back. Um, I think it wasn't until um, JMS came on and and basically kind of rebooted Peter Parker a bit and made him a teacher and stuff like that until the numbers started going back up again and that kind of turned around the title of Spider-Man. I'm sure they would have found other ways to save the title character of uh, title and character of Peter Parker and Spider-Man. But anyway, I'm so excited for this. I'm hands down going to buy it. I don't normally read stuff like this, but J.M. DeMattis is a guy I've read plenty of his stuff. In fact, he read a, wrote a lot of The Amazing Spider-Man from around that time, so mm-hmm. he's probably very familiar with his character. So he's coming home. I know... Yeah, yeah, it's homecoming. So, <laughs> um, I know you're not really that knowledgeable on things like the Clone Saga, but you've heard me talk about it a lot. Yes, so. I have. I am familiar with Ben Riley because of you. Yeah, um, I, I reckon this would be what I think about this would be probably easy to pick up and easy to read. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't think you would necessarily because obviously they're probably going to have to tackle this knowing that not everybody that picks this up would have read comics in the 90s so i would imagine it's probably going to be easy reader friendly like new reader friendly i would have thought they'd be silly to make it not easy easy you know new reader easy friendly because not everybody read comics in the 90s in fact there's so many people i've come across that have only started to get into comics in the last five or six years Mm -hmm. i've I've really really have come across quite a lot of people that are quite new to comics um so anyway, um, 
there's another there's another comic book that's coming out in January, which I'm really excited about, called Batgirls. So stars Stephanie Brown and Cassandra Kane. So Stephanie Brown has been spoiler, she's been Robin, and she's been Batgirl. And these things were all pre-New 52. Uh, Stephanie Brown was Batgirl before New 52. And after New 52, Stephanie Brown went back to being spoiler, and Cassandra Kane became um, a character they called Orphan. And then they made Barbara Gordon Batgirl again, which is brilliant. I thought that was great that they brought Barbara Gordon back. They've now kind of gone back a little bit, made Barbara Gordon Oracle. Um, she's not in a wheelchair anymore, but she's Oracle. Mm-hmm. And they, they've they they've kind of let Stephanie Brown and uh, Cassandra Kane know that in another reality, they were Batgirls. And now they've been running around Gotham for the last year or so as Batgirls. Mm-hmm. And now they're actually launching a book like with Batgirls with all three of them in it. So it's written by Becky Cloon and Michael Conrad and the art's by Jorge Corana. The artwork on this looks really good. Yeah, I saw I saw the previews for that. That looks like a lot of fun, honestly. Like I think it is going to be a lot of fun. And I think I think again I think it's going to be pretty cool to see like a Batgirls book. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, three Batgirls like more like a senior Batgirl kind of probably being more of a mental role and the character of Cassandra Kane is one of my favorite characters like ever she she's like an she's a, basically she was a former assassin she do, still doesn't really speak to people so her relationships are always there she takes a lot of time to build relationships and trust with people so mm-hmm. that's what I actually love is when you do when I've read things where she slowly builds up relations with people i love that because she takes a lot to trust people so there was a recent story uh, in detective comics and her and sandman um not sandman um clay clayface sorry mm. i'll get my friend i'll get my french was confused clayface uh they formed a really good relationship and i i loved that as well so it was really cool so i i'm i'm excited for this this book so i know because you're obviously i know that i'm more familiar with these than you are like would you be interested in in either of these at all? uh batgirls probably like is that is that because of the art or just what i've said or just um I, the art really caught my eye so i would i would definitely tune plus i think i i do like some of the uh, a lot of Becky stuff. So, I mean, her her stuff kind of reminds me of Jen Bartel. So, I, I think I'd, I'd be I'd be fine to check out Batgirls. It just it looks fun. Like it, it looks like yeah. just a fun read. It does. Anyway, we will leave the news of the week there, and we will see you in a moment. Hi. Uh, I'm just calling today to see. Who is this? Uh, this is uh, Shane from the Good Game Guys. I'm not interested. I'm, I haven't even told you what it's about yet. Take me off your list. Uh, okay. Goodbye. Son of a. Devon, these cold calls aren't working, and I feel stupid. All I want is to get people excited about our show, The Good Game Guys, being available every Sunday morning on Apple, Spotify, Google, or wherever they get their podcasts. Because how else are people going to know that we cover the latest in video game news and do routine interviews with some of the best folks in the podcast community? They won't, unless I I make more calls. So. Hello? Hi, this is Shane from The Good Game Guys. How are you doing? Follow us on Twitter at GoodGameGuysPod. All right, so back. 
And we're jumping into Jujutsu Kaisen. First of all, I just have to say, like, I'm super, super excited that I got Mark to watch an entire season, uh, 24 episode season of anime. We've done anime before, but like smaller ones with only five or six or seven or eight episodes, maybe. Uh, and then we kind of did the pilot of Demon Slayer, but I got a full season out of Mark. It's so exciting. And also I suggested it. So. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, glad, I, I, I'm glad you followed through. Thank you. <laughs> I said that's like I well, it was kind of what I said was when we reformatted the show slightly to do one review, I did mm-hmm. say to you that would allow us time to do things like this. So, yes, which um, how exciting. Jujutsu Kaisen is definitely one of my favorite TV shows that that I have seen at least in the last 10 years for sure. It's it's to me it's it's so good. So anyway, Jujutsu Kaisen, uh, the original manga was written by Gege Akatami. It is, the Japanese publisher is Shueisha. The English publisher is Viz Media. It is a shonen manga. Um, print run started in March of 2018 and it is still going. The anime directed by Sungho Park. The anime writer is Hiroshi Seko. The studio behind it is MAPPA, very famous studio. If you watch Attack on Titan, you know all about MAPPA. Um, you can stream it on Crunchyroll in several different languages. But if you don't have Crunchyroll, um, and you do have HBO Max, you can watch the English dub on HBO Max as well. It premiered in October of 2020, and it finished up in March of 2021. So it is fairly recent, finished up this year. Um, there are 24 episodes in the first season of Jujutsu Kaisen. So Jujutsu Kaisen is touted as one of the best new generation anime. Um, and at the Crunchy Anime Awards in January 2001, sorry, 2001, 2021 uh 2021 it took home best anime of the year best antagonist uh best ending sequence um it's also the second most streamed series on their platform behind the mega franchise black clover which i've never watched have you watched it fantastic black clover is hard to get into because each season is 50 plus episodes Wow. So yeah. not, not, not just yet then. Yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, as of May 2021, Jiu-Jitsu Kaisen has sold over 15 million copies of the manga, uh, making this one of the best-selling mangas of all time. And considering that came out in March 2018, that's impressive. That's really saying, yeah, yeah, that's saying something. I yeah. just like that, that's like phenomenal. So I think a lot of the viewing. And the manga probably has a massive link with COVID. So people it staying could. in and yeah. like, you know, so that this stuff was obviously in production already, but also I don't know if they filmed any of it as they went along, but I imagine during COVID voiceover work was a lot easier to do than actual, well, I know voiceover works was a lot easier to do than actual face-to-face acting. Um, and also more people being at home, yeah surely more people got time to read so um i mean i literally got into anime because of the pandemic i had watched maybe one or two series before covid hit and after covid hit i'm i'm up to over 100 anime since since march of 2020 so yeah it's a it's a big thing also um there was a an interview that another one of the podcasts that we're kind of close to they're in a part of our circle Good Game Guys, they interviewed Adam MacArthur, who's the voice of Yuji Itadori in the English version. And he said when they were doing the voiceover work for Jujutsu Kaisen, 
<clears throat> when they first started filming the voiceover work or recording the voiceover work, it was during COVID. And he's like the first three episodes of the series were filmed in his home studio. And then they had been, COVID had been around for long enough that he was like, look, can we, can I get back into an actual studio to kind of finish this up? So some of Jujutsu Kaisen was recorded at his home studio. The rest of it was recorded at an actual studio. So I thought that was pretty interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So that kind of, I think, I think there was a few people, like I know the new Master of the Universe TV series, Sarah Michelle Gellar said she recorded some of her stuff at home. So Mm -hmm. I think, I think that I can imagine a lot of voiceover work was done at home, but I can understand his, his frustration was like, you know, doing it. It's it's like a lot of people have said, you know, I don't want to work at home forever. Like Mm -hmm. I want to, I want to, you know, be, be with people or maybe he preferred to do it with, with actual people like directing mm-hmm. him face to face rather than maybe he, like over a you recorded you send it in and then they yeah. send you notes back yeah yeah that or, or something yeah i guess i don't know how exactly they did it but yeah, yeah so um that i can imagine was probably quite frustrating so <laughs> so just a summary of jujitsu kaizen it is uh basically about this kid who has this ability that no one can really explain. Um, I'm sure it is in the manga at some point, but when we meet Yuji Itadori, his grandfather is pretty much on his deathbed. He doesn't have parents. Um, So once his grandfather passes, he doesn't really have any family left. Um, His grandfather is just kind of like, look, man, you're young, you know, do, do something with your life do what you can save as many people as you can, even if it's just one person. But basically he kind of encourages Yuji to do better and make sure that he doesn't die alone. Like his grandfather's dying alone. So it starts off on kind of a somber note. Um, so, but Yuji has always had the ability, like he's always been really good at sports. He's always been faster than everybody else. So physically he's always been a step above average Joe. Um, so he has sort of this superhuman ability in, that's already in him that, again, no one kind of explains. So he's part of this occult club at, at his high school. They come across a cursed object. Uh, turns out that that cursed object is part of the king of curses, who is Ryoman Sukuna. Uh, he was this curse that, uh, from decades and decades and millennia ago, I'm sure, um, had four arms. And they cut off all his fingers and basically like sent them all over the place. Uh, so the, the premise is they want to destroy that energy. They want to destroy the king of curses, but they can't because he was always too powerful. So what they plan to do now that they have discovered Yuji Itadori and he actually ate one of those decayed, gross, disgusting fingers, Mark's favorite part of this whole series, um, and, and actually absorbed sort of Sukuna's energy. Um, it Then it becomes really interesting because not, not only is Yuji already like super powered, but he gets this curse that is dormant within him that he can kind of switch back and forth between the two people. And uh, now, now we're cooking. So then this there's a team of what they call Jujutsu Sorcerers and their job is to kind of keep cursed energy in check around the world. So... They've decided, well, you know, technically we should kill you because now you have this ability and no one can control, no one is stronger than the King of Curses. But they decide, well, what the hell? We'll just make this kid, this high school kid, eat all 20 of these fingers. And then once he has eaten all 20 of the fingers and absorbed all of this negative curse energy, then we'll just kill him. And it'll be, 
done and we'll get rid of this curse. So that's sort of the premise that we're working with. So Yuji ends up leaving his own high school. He goes to just to tech. Um, he does not have his own innate cursed energy. So he is sort of the kid. He's a first year at this high school. He's the kid that has the physical ability, but he does not have any kind of like supernatural abilities with cursed energy. So he's sort of the laughing stock, but not really because he's still strong as hell. So basically the, the rest of the season kind of goes, he meets these other kids that are first years. They, they get drawn into this much bigger plot. He has um, teachers who are mentors. People try to kill him. He's always fighting with the curse. Um, but the, the, if I had to, I guess, summarize Jujutsu Kaisen in the first season, it's basically the story of this kid with the biggest heart in the world, um, just trying to make sure that he leaves the world a better place than he found it. And then, you know, we happen to run into curses and these bad things and all of this other kind of stuff along the way. Um, but it basically, it's a story about a kid trying to save people. I, your, your thing about the fingers, yeah, that was probably my worst thing. I, when I watched those first couple episodes and he ate those fingers, I was like, this is horrible. <laughs> I was like, I, I, really was like, I found the first two or three episodes, I was like, if it's like this, I don't know if I can do it. But, <laughs> but like, luckily the finger thing, eating the fingers and the human body parts isn't something that happens every episode, luckily. Because I was like, if it's going to just be eating people in most episodes, so I'm like I can't, I, I can't, get, I can't get through this. Like I'm, I'm, I'm not, I'm not into cannibalism, believe it yeah. or not. Um, but I still think there should have been another way around that whole eating a finger <laughs> thing. Like, I like it. I, I like know, the eating yeah. of the fingers. No, not for me. Like, so <laughs> I just want to make it clear before we go any further. So I've watched the whole series once all the way through 24 episodes. I've only watched it once. I've watched it over the last two weeks. Mm-hmm. I, I would watch it again. I Before we go any further, I, I won't say more about my opinion. I would watch it again. However, Jasmine has watched it now three times. Three. This is my third time. Yes. So, I have so, seen it uh, half and half. So the first time I watched it, I watched it sort of live um, or I guess, uh, you know, as it was airing. So I ended up watching half of it in Japanese and half of it in English, um, or actually the other way around, half of it in English and then half of it in Japanese, because then I got ahead of the English dubs, but then I got really impatient. So I was like, I'm not going to wait on the English dubs. So then I turned around and I watched the whole thing in Japanese. And then this time for this specific episode, I went back and I rewatched everything in English. So, uh, and I have enjoyed it each and every time. So the reason I highlight that is of our knowledge. <laughs> Jasmine has far more knowledge than me, <laughs> but I just thought I should stress that out in case I make it any mistakes at all, because there was a lot of information to digest it is. on my it, part. It's um, a lot going on. So I, it's not saying I wouldn't recommend it. Um, we'll get into that later, but I will just clarify that, you know, Jasmine is the sensei of this. Uh, Arigato. <laughs> <laughs> So before we get into anything else, though, just kind of want to give you guys a breakdown of the like main types of anime, so to speak. So the, at the beginning, um, I said that this one was a shonen. So shonen is sort of like the, the kind of stuff that's aimed at young boys that are under the age of 18, um, but not like kids. So probably like teenage boys. Uh, so 
to give you an idea of like what else is in that category, stuff like My Hero Academia, One Piece, Naruto, uh, Attack on Titan, those kinds of things are shonen anime. The other type, one of the other main types is uh, seinen, which is for like an older boyish audience, but deals with heavier themes. So those are your psychological thrillers, stuff like Tokyo Ghoul, Ghost in the Shell, Psychopaths. Those are going to be your seinen anime types. Um, as far as stuff for the girls, you've got shoujo, which is for the teenage girls, young girls. So stuff like Sailor Moon, Say I Love You, Ao Haru, Haru Ride. Um, and then there's Jose, which is for like an older female audience. And that stuff like Nana, which uh, kind of deals with, you know, a, like more like romantic and like lovey-dovey kind of themes. Then the other main type is uh, Kodomo Muke, which that's going to be your stuff that's specifically for kids. And that's going to encompass things like Pokemon. So those are kinds of the different, different sort of categories of anime. Um, but basically like the main tenant of Shonen, which is what Jujutsu Kaisen is, is you've got a hero. He's usually a kid and he's usually a boy and he is facing this impossible task and somehow always manages to do the right thing. So that's basically the, the main tentpole of Shonen style anime. So just to give you a little background before we get into the good stuff. So of the, cause I didn't know that. I actually heard, no, so I had heard these types of anime mm-hmm. referenced, but I was like, this doesn't mean anything to me. So actually, yeah. cheers for doing that. Like, of the shonen anime, so I know this falls into that bracket. Mm-hmm. What other popular anime falls into that bracket or shonen? Um, popular stuff? stuff like My Hero Academia, yeah. which is also one of my favorites. Uh, Attack on Titan is yeah. also shonen. So uh, a lot of the big, bigger stuff like Dragon Ball. Um, that's probably going to be your shonen as well. Okay. So, so I just, just thought for people listening, if they like this, what else might they quite like? So mm-hmm. I think a lot of people like Attack on Titan. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so what's your, so having watched it three times, I've watched it. Um, maybe I'll go first. So overall summary of season one, um, I've got to say the first two episodes, I was like, oh, I don't know if I like this. Like, I don't know if I like the... So the first couple of episodes covers, like, possession and eating of human body parts and, and, and <laughs> they're, just... They're cursed uh, spirit body parts. Yeah, yeah, I know, I know. But it, essentially, you see somebody's mouth open wide and swallow yeah. a whole finger. Like, yeah. so done it's very a, dramatically. Yes, of course. Yeah. Like, but... I was a bit like I remember I rang you after I watched the first two episodes and I was like oh, I don't know about this. And you were like <laughs> so you 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 did say to me that do you not want to do it? And I said no 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 I'm going to push forward. Like I I just saying I'm not too sure. Like yeah. so, well, I said, anyway. if, you, if you get to episode five and you still don't like it, we can switch. But uh, yeah, yeah. It, it gets better. Yeah. No, no, I definitely think once you get past that first couple of episodes, mm-hmm. I actually really liked it. So when they got to uh, the school, um, so once they sort of bring him in and decide to take him to the Jesse Kaisen show, uh, sorry, school and take it to decide to train him. And then he starts to meet other um, people that are also training at the school and he gets the uniform and they mm-hmm. kind of address that he's got a slightly different uniform, but everyone else is pretty much wearing the same thing. And they begin the training and, um, uh, you know, and uh, each, well, we'll talk about the structure a bit later, but I like the fact that it's not just staying in one place. Like it kind yeah. of, 
the the 24 episodes are broken down into different themes and different smaller story arcs although we're telling one ongoing story which obviously will go beyond season one i love the fact that we're splitting up into different story arcs as well and not a lot of um shows split their shows up into different arcs like this Mm -hmm. so uh especially when live action you sometimes get a lot of just main stories just going throughout the whole thing yeah um i do quite like it when they and they did that they've done it they do it I find they do it sometimes when they're trying to rejig a show, um, like in live action, like they realized having one villain for 22 episodes doesn't always work. So then like, I think the flash is an arrow have done that a couple of times, they rejig it and then they kind of make it broken up in smaller arcs. So actually Mm -hmm. I did really like the fact that it's broken up in smaller arcs. Um, but I have to say, by the time I got to the end of it, I actually did really love Jujutsu Kaisen. I didn't like the first couple episodes. I probably could rewatch them now and have different views. Uh, I definitely think it's a show that needs to be rewatched uh, because there's so much to it and there's mm-hmm. so many characters that you meet throughout. I'll be honest, I did lose track of people as we were going, <laughs> um, and it doesn't it doesn't help. I, I actually I watched the first season of Attack on Titan, and I said, and I think this show kind of has the same trouble putting them all in uniforms sometimes i found a bit confusing mm-hmm. i lost it because especially in the fast fighting scenes sometimes i would lose a bit of track um of what's going on of who and who's going on with what and now that probably just could be me because there's a lot of characters so it probably could do a rewatch i reckon probably watching it three times you probably know who everybody is by now yeah um but <laughs> def- definitely on the first watch i i did struggle a little bit there um but I did, I did love it by the end of it. So I was, I and I, well, I enjoyed the whole way through. Like you know, I, I enjoyed it all. Just the first couple of episodes, I was a bit, like, I'm not sure about this. So. Yeah. But when you say, because when you talked about Shonen, how it's generally aimed sort of 18 and below, but teenage boys, mm-hmm. I'm assuming what they're thinking is like 15 to 18. Um, yeah, usually. Because there's like quite a lot of gore in here, mm-hmm. and it strikes me that maybe this is probably more like. 17 to 20 in my mind like mm-hmm. so i don't know like i don't know if i as a parent would i want like because it was quite a bit of gore in here there was there was one scene where um what was it where uh ug is headbutting this cur- cursed like a guy who's possessed or whatever he's mm-hmm. really headbutting him the guy's got all the like the jagged face i think he's really headbutting him and that's blood absolutely everywhere mm-hmm. and, and i was like flipping heck like, yeah. <laughs> i'm not sure if this is i i'm not sure if this is for kids at all well so, yeah i mean like that's why it's, it's teenagers i guess like it that seems to me that seems normal for teenage kids maybe that's because i was also like when i was a kid i was probably watching a bunch of rated r stuff way before i should have been but maybe maybe like some, my oldest is 11 and i'm like i don't know yeah, I'm not sure, yeah. but maybe by the time maybe by the time she's 15, I'll feel differently. So, mm-hmm. anyway, what's your thoughts on this, Jasmine? I fell in love with this series right away, which I didn't think I would because the like kind of like what you said, like the possession aspect of it. Really, I don't like possession in in horror. Uh, it is it is like the what the part of horror genre that I don't like to touch. Um. But like the way that they handle that kind of thing and the way that the the curses and cursed energy works, it it doesn't feel as scary as it sounds. So after watching the first couple of episodes, um, it really kind of grabbed my attention. 
And, and it made me very curious because one of the things that I had hoped that we would learn, which we don't, um, was why the hell this kid has this superhuman ability. Like why, what, what makes Yuji Itadori so different in the first place from just normal people? Um, so I thought that they did a really good job of kind of establishing his uniqueness very early on, even before he eats the first finger. Um, but I just thought that the characters were so compelling and I love the mix of serious and humor because it's all, to me, it's almost like a half and half split. Like half of this series is just laugh out loud funny. And then the other half is really kind of heavy, um, but they balance it so well. And every time we meet new characters, whether that's the teachers or the other students or even the villains, nobody seems wasted. Like, I don't feel like they waste characters. Like there, to me, there aren't very many throwaway characters in this series. Um, everybody has some kind of purpose. So it's really nice to be able to watch a fully fleshed out, full-fledged series where everybody is put to some use. So I think I kind of enjoyed, um, I mean, I, I, I love the animation. I think that the animation styling and the, the way that fight sequences happen, the way that it, it feels so close to the manga and the expressiveness of the special effects that are drawn into the manga, they brought those to life really well on screen. Um, but it's, it's really, to me, this is a very character-driven series. And, and I just, I fell in love with all of the characters. So it was very easy to just keep going. I think that's quite a good segue into talking about characters. So, <laughs> um, I, I wanted to say, though, like, it's a, I, my favorite, I put down <clears throat> a different favorite character. But I, I was thinking about this with the final episode with Yuji, like his journey throughout mm -hmm. the first 24 episodes. So I don't know who your favorite is. I'll, I'll talk about who my favorite is in a minute. But I, I, I didn't put down Yuji. I've got a different favorite character. But with Yuji, if you look at the first episode, it's literally if you watch the first episode, then watch the last episode mm -hmm. and skipped out all the rest, the difference in his character throughout the 24 episodes is an incredible journey that he's gone on from mm -hmm. being like, if you compare where he was, he was kind of like the outspoken student. Mm -hmm. You know, he was he had a bit of a rebel side to him. You know, he didn't want to do sports, even yeah. though he could he could do sports, but right. he didn't. But want he to do almost sports. comes off at the very beginning like, like the village idiot, right? Like yeah, he, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, he he. But I like the fact that he joins like this occult club because he kind of has a bit of an interest in it. But you have to be in a club, so therefore yeah. he's like, but, but I don't want to do sports, but. <laughs> So he finds like the only group that's got, you have to have three people in it to make it a group. Mm -hmm. So he, so they need him as much as he needs them because he doesn't want to do sports. And then they try and make him do sports and he basically gets his own way and gets yeah. to join this club. But this club obviously is what leads him to this, this journey with um, Sukuna, Sukuna. Like, um, uh, yeah. And so then by the final episode, just seeing like how, how skill how much skill he has like mm -hmm. it's just incredible like you know and that that final fight sequence and even just like the bond at the end yeah you know we'll talk about the ending and everything later but just the journey that he goes on we see him there's an interaction with when he does the school exchange fight sequence and um you'll have to remind me of the character's name where he's fighting this um that guy and he goes oh, Toto. 
you know, the other guy goes, oh, what type of girls do you like? And, he, and he's like, and he's like, what? What do you yeah. mean? Like, what type of girls I like? And then they kind of have this sequence where they flash <laughs> off and like, you know, then it kind of comes back to them fighting. Yeah. I'm, I'm assuming that was like a flash forward to them chatting no, about girls later. That like, was not a flash forward. That was Toto's imagination running oh, wild. Was that None of that stuff oh, ever okay. happened. Uh, okay. I wasn't too sure. But yeah. uh, anyway, but like they had this whole, he's like, what type of girls do you like? And then he's like, uh, that's a weird thing to ask me right now. But like, yeah. uh, but I love the fact that they like become like best friends. Best friend. Like, I, I this whole, yeah, like, and um, and then again, that's kind of like in the final episode, you see him talking about him, yes. like Toto talking about Yuji. I, I actually did love that whole interaction with all of them. And mm-hmm. that actually, out of all the friendships throughout the 24 episodes, that one was the one I was probably the most excited about and interested about. I, Me too. I, I, kind of like, I could see it being like real the way the way they were of each other. Like, yeah. and I, I love the fact that they're fighting. And he's like, "Hold on a minute, like, what kind of girls do you like?" He's like, yeah. "What?" And I was yeah. like, I see, I I was like but, "But the thing was, he he was so confused by the question, but he's like, I don't really understand why it's relevant. But since you asked me, I like girls like Jennifer Lawrence." <laughs> I, like, I did think I did think to myself, by the way, because you've watched both versions in the Japanese version. Do they say Jennifer Lawrence as well? Yes. Uh, okay, okay. I yeah. wondered if maybe Japanese, uh, whether Jennifer Lawrence was done more for the English and American audience, and whether or not in the like Japanese version that they have like a different actress, like no. so. No, it's um, Jennifer uh, okay, because you know, like, have you ever seen Captain America two, where Captain America gets out the list of things that he needs to do that he's missed out on? <laughs> so appara- apparently, in each country, that list is different. So oh, okay. So I wondered if this Jennifer Lawrence thing was like that, whether no. like we, we, we've heard the Americanized version and whether in Japan there's... No, but there was a an online push because um, the singer Megan Thee Stallion is such a huge anime fan that uh, they got Adam MacArthur, again, who's the voice actor for... The English voice actor for Yuji. They got him to re-record that first sequence when he first meets the principal and he says that he likes women like Jennifer Lawrence. Um, and they he they got him to re-record that to say that he liked women, tall women with a big ass, like Megan the Stallion. <laughs> <laughs> what like as what as a is it a clip somewhere? Yeah, like as just like a, an online kind of funny thing to do. Cause yeah, Megan the Stallion actually kind of has her own um exclusive like apparel and accessory line that's gonna be coming out at Crunchyroll pretty soon here. So she's she's big into anime. So I do want to talk about my now my favorite character who I yes, enjoyed. Please. Who who didn't, in my opinion, get enough time in the show. So when they first introduce her, it's probably I think episode four, I think. Um so no no bara Kigasaki. Yeah, okay. Look, I'm not gonna be good at names <laughs> like this. So I'm not the name guy. Anyone who listens regularly, I don't do the I'm not good at names. <laughs> like unless your name's Mark or Day or Steve or something like that. So uh like anything like Harry or you know, one <laughs> one syllable names I'm good at. So <laughs> uh J- Jasmine's the name girl. So anyway. So Nabara, honestly, so when she first came in, I thought she was cool straight away. Like I loved her attitude straight away. So they get, I I can't remember exactly now, but they went off to do some, um, investigate some curse straight away. And she was so badass straight away. I was like, this girl is cool. I was Mm -hmm. like, so when they went off on like a bit of like a case type thing, I have to say this kind of reminded me of 
sort of X-Files or mainly Warehouse 13, like where they had to every episode of Warehouse 13, they had to go and get like an artifact. And so, you know, you kind of swap out artifact for curses. And so they're going off to investigate curses. And when they first went off, she was so confident, so like just so self-assured, like and which I really loved. But I've got to come to her her journey in honesty, I didn't feel like as a character, she didn't change too much over the first season. Mm-hmm. However, however, her fight, her fight, like her fighting and her ability to control curses and magic in general did definitely grow by the end of season one. Yeah. But I would think as a character, she didn't develop. And there's a little comment in the last episode, which actually is something um, I can imagine selfish people really embracing this comment like so i don't mean it like as in oh everybody like it's probably selfish isn't the right way to describe it people that like maybe being on their own more because they're selfish like and i've heard people talk about this they don't like to be with people because they they you know they put themselves first and she makes a comment in the final episode about how she doesn't create seats for people on a bus so mm-hmm. that way if something happens to them like they're I, i'm not getting this entirely right but in, if something happens to them there was no seat for them on the bus in the first place yeah um but then certain people she will make seats for um mm-hmm. so i think to get a seat on her bus you must have to work incredibly hard yeah but what she tries to say i think what she's trying to say is you know there's a lot of people that she meets she doesn't create seats for so if something yeah. happens to them she doesn't care so that's basically the summary of that but when i saw her final final fight sequence in the last episode i actually have to say so it's the only thing i watched twice was the final episode i watched it twice before this review and that fight sequence is incredible like just you want to talk about confidence the the way that she just stands there and talks to those like big huge curses like yeah Bro, is that your curse? Like your curse is to poison someone's blood? Well, I am the worst possible person for you. Like she is just balls to the wall, confident about her own abilities. And that is so freaking amazing to see. Like, oh yeah, just when when like they do that, like that spell on both of them, uh-huh. um, on Yuji and Naroba, and they kind of trap them and they've got them surrounded. Mm-hmm. And then she's like, Oh yeah, let's play a game of chicken. Yeah. And but then what I love is, and they do do this throughout season one, they do suddenly these cut sequences. They do a lot of cut sequences, but when they do this cut, they do cut sequences to explain their powers. Mm-hmm. Um, and they do they did it a lot during the exchange thing where they explain in different people's powers and stuff. And so suddenly they cut away to explain her powers and how they work. And mm-hmm. even then when they did it, I thought it was so cool, like how she's like very confident and then suddenly yep. it cuts away to show her her um her unique abilities and then she just suddenly just comes back to the fight sequence and just sh- shoves a nail straight through her wrist and mm-hmm. um like and basically whatever she does to herself she can do to them yep. and so I was just so brilliant and I even love at the end where they think they've got her and she just basically like, clicks finger fingers. snap holy uh, shit man that uh, was so awesome and uh I don't really want to ruin too much about that fight sequence but honestly just even if you don't like watch this show just go to episode 24 and just watch that final fight yeah because you can actually appreciate that fight without having seen anything else oh yeah you could just watch that fight and Mm -hmm. you don't really have to understand this show but that fight sequence like should you can see like why the end sequence 
like awards. I'm assuming that this fight sequence made up part of that, but it was so good. But I, I honestly think she, as a character, I was like, they need to give her more time. Yeah. I really like, I, I've obviously never read any of the manga and I probably won't, but I really hope that they kind of give her more to do in season two. Mm-hmm. So I, I, yeah, anyway, so she was like my favorite character. I do. You? I loved her. Um, She was not my favorite. And as much as I wanted to say Yuji is my favorite, he is not my favorite either. My favorite character is actually Megami Fushiguro. Um, I am so intrigued by Fushiguro because I want to know what it is about Fushiguro that has Sukuna's attention. Like, why is it that Sukuna would rather toy with Fushiguro than to actually kill him? Like, what plans do you have for him? Why is he the one that has caught your attention? Um, especially for someone to be as powerful as you as the King of Curses. And you're practically obsessed with this kid. Um, I, so I'm, I'm intrigued by that. I, I love Fushiguro's like no bullshit attitude. Um, I, I love that he's the quiet one, but he's also probably the most dangerous. Um, mm. And when we get toward the end, it's that same three episode arc at the very end where he is fighting that special grade curse and he pulls that curse into his domain. And the way that they animate that entire sequence where Fushiguro actually looks more like a villain than he does like a kid where he is laughing maniacally and he's like, look, this is ugly. This is incomplete, but I don't care. I'm, you are going to die here today by my hand. Um, and when he kills that special grade in his broken, messed up domain, it's just like this kid, uh, the, like there was another episode where toward the end with, um, the, he goes back to his old middle school and they do flashbacks to him. And he like literally beat up an entire courtyard full of kids. Um, the fact that delinquents are still terrified of him. Uh, I just, I love the swagger that Fushiguro has, but I, I love it most of all because he doesn't present as like this badass, don't mess with me kind of character. But the fact that he is as good as he is, he's, he's calculating, he's talented, um, but he doesn't have to be arrogant about it. Um, and he doesn't have to be flashy with it. That's, that's what I love the most about Fushiguro. Plus I, I'm so interested in his background, like the way that he came about his, you know, he's part of the Zenin clan, but not part of the Zenin clan because Gojo took him away from his father. Like there's so much backstory and they have built it to the point where they're making, you know, that Fushiguro is very important to sort of the whole fabric of this jujitsu sorcery, uh, family so to speak um so i'm he he intrigued me most of all just because he's so quiet and unassuming yet so powerful and mysterious like i i really 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 want to know what's going on with fushiguro they talk about him obviously having a lot of high potential as well don't they so um and just he's got quite cool like hand-to-hand combat skills mm-hmm. as well as using his powers i think that was pretty cool yeah. he is very like dark and ominous yes. and he's not jokey as a character he's very no serious. not at all he's very so, dry <laughs> uh, there's a, again come back to that last episode where he's like knocked out and they 
Um, they think he's dead. <laughs> like, well, they, they, well, the other two are just full of excitement, and he's like, yeah. "Can you just keep it down?" Yeah. Like, you know, so, yeah, he's 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 probably someone that could probably go down the villain route, I would imagine, or maybe just. Well, I don't want to. I don't want to like, tell you who his father is and what his father does, uh, uh, but. That that but that's that's why I'm so interested, and I think that's why he's the character to me that has the most growth potential because we've only seen small little pieces of 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 his background, but mm. he seems to me like the type of character that if if you push him too far, and he snaps, it it could be like you said where he can he can literally go uh, like full bad or or full good. I mean it it's all just going to depend. So. Mm. I and and just like the seriousness of the conversations that he has, like when he was having that conversation with Sakuna about uh, about who he chooses to save and this, that, and the other, and um, I just he's like, no, it, I I'm not like Yuji. Yuji wants to save everyone, and I don't feel that way. I don't feel the need to save everyone, but the people that I do want to save, I'm going to work my ass off to save them. Um, but he said, oh, you know, I'm very discerning. Like it's, it's my choice of who, who I put on that pedestal. Um, so I just, I don't know. I love Fushiguro. He's, he's my favorite. I, I love most of the characters in this series, but uh, Fushiguro would definitely be my favorite. I was going to say, like, I know we've gone through, I, I, the other character I quite liked was Maki. Yes, who, I who, love who Maki. Which I, I didn't quite realize, but she doesn't actually have any abilities herself, but she. she yeah, she does yeah. not have any cursed energy. Yeah, yeah. So, mm-hmm. but she, she has a lot of these. Um, she can wield guess, cursed tools. Yeah, so I was yeah. going to say, I was going to say, um, but and she the the glasses she wears can allow her to see see curses. Curse, yeah, yeah, curses, which I thought was quite cool. But she she was a character I thought was pretty cool. But Maki she, is such a badass. But she didn't. She got hardly any screen time really yeah. in season one. But apparently, she is like the main pr- protagonist of the prequel. So um, I think it'd be cool to see more about her. So. Yeah, and it also says a lot that uh, Nobara actually openly admits to respecting Maki um, for all the big-headedness that Nobara has. So even Nobara puts uh, Maki on a pedestal above everybody else. So I, I and I, I love their friendship too. Mm-hmm. Oh, and oh, I won't talk about this character too much, but Panda I thought was pretty oh, cool yeah, as well. Oh yeah, I do love Panda. So. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, let's talk about the structure of season one. So okay. season one covers the first 63 chapters of the manga. Mm-hmm. Um, and Which is a also, lot to cover. Yeah. And then also the 24 episodes is kind of broken down into segments. So the first three episodes is kind of like the introduction. Mm-hmm. And then, then the next three episodes is sort of special grade. Right. And then, then, uh, then up to then episodes 13 to 21 is essentially like the school fight is the school exchange mm-hmm. sort of program. And you see a lot of interaction between their school and another school. Right. And the Kyoto and then, branch. Uh-huh. Yeah. And then, and then the last three episodes are basically the, the sort of the ending as it were. So yeah. um, they cover like the suicide bridge and um, that kind of thing. And sort of, wrapping up season one so to mm-hmm. speak so um however also from episode three and i didn't realize this initially because i once the titles came up i kind of turned them off yeah so from episode three onwards they have a post-credits sequence juju sampo 
<laughs> which basically covers the characters in their normal lives, like mm-hmm. shopping or cooking or just chatting and stuff yeah. like that, or winding each other up. And there's some quite funny moments in some yes. of them. So I, I didn't watch them all, but like <laughs> I watched, so I didn't realize for a while. It's only when one of the episodes didn't turn off straight away. I was like, oh, what's this? So then, yeah. And then I sort of was like, oh, okay, well, I'm not going to go back and watch all of those now. <laughs> um, so, but I, I did think that was quite cool as well, just to see those nice little moments. And the animation on those those little moments is slightly different. Yeah, it's so, much softer. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. feels it feels like you're watching the manga, if that's any kind of... Yeah, if you know what I can I mean. see that, like, yeah. It's, it's, so, it's pared down. It doesn't have as much special effects. It's very, very much more along the lines of like, just 2d colored um kind of stuff but those those crack me up um well i think my favorite one of my favorite ones is when the villains are playing soccer with jogo's head jogo's the volcano guy oh, yeah. <laughs> uh there's also another one with the villains where um they are all like in school so they're all in school uniforms and that was the first time i guess i kind of realized that hanami was actually a, a female and Hanami is the one with the that has the arm wrapped up that has branches for eyes. Um, but like apparently she has a crush on Jogo, but Jogo burned all of her flowers in the flower bed. And so they she gets really upset about it. And then um Geto makes Jogo go and apologize. It's just it's really funny. Uh all of the the Juju strolls are so funny to me. They're just it's cute little things. A lot of anime do stuff like that at the very end. Um, but yeah, they're just they're so funny because you get this look into the characters that's completely silly and just fun. It's really just like a fun little element that they do. What did you think of how they split up the show into these different segments? I love it. Um, so I have like a ton of notes on my phone. This is the first time I actually watched and took notes. Um, so as far as like the structure goes, I, like I said, I, the, the first three episodes to me kind of set the scene they set the you meet the characters they set the pace well I, actually it doesn't set the pace but you meet the characters you kind of get a lay of the land and you kind of get an idea of what's going on but i think at episode five is when this series really hits hits the gas and never ever ever comes off the gas like from mm-hmm. episode five to episode 24 it is nothing but action and i think maybe the one because you know how like especially stuff that has 24 episodes a lot of stuff we watch nowadays is like 10 episodes eight episodes um at 24 episodes you feel like there might be some room for filler but i don't feel like there is much filler unless you count episode 21 which is the baseball episode um but even within that episode they're still kind of pushing the story along in the background but uh episode five is is really really good to me um that was the episode where sukuna kills yuji by ripping out his heart um but the interaction um in that episode between fushiguro and sukuna is really kind of what sealed it for me even the first time that i watched this series um and and the fact that they do that so early on like yes of course we know that yuji is not actually dead but the emotion that they put into that episode really kind of makes it feel, and the, and the way that sort of Fushiguro pulls Yushi back, uh, Yuji back um, after Sakuna says he refuses to let go of Yuji's body. And he pull, uh, Fushiguro pulls him back by saying, you know, you said that, you, you know, you asked me why I saved you that day. 
And he's like, basically, I saved you because I just didn't want to see you die. Um, and he said, it's not for you to decide it. You know, that was my decision to make. And that's kind of when Yuji comes back and then dies right in front of Fushiguro. And it's just like the emotional impact that that has to have on that character, even though Yuji is still alive. It's just, to me, episode five was really the one that was kind of like, ah, yes, yes, this series is, is really doing it. But when we get to the part where we meet Mahito, which is the guy, the stitch guy, um, and we meet Junpei. Now, this this really pissed me off because in the opening, uh, in the first opening, Junpei is in the opening sequence with Yuji, with Nobara, with Fushiguro. And so the whole time, like you watch the opening sequence and I'm thinking to myself, like, when the hell are they going to introduce this kid? And then they introduce him and he dies four episodes later. And it's just like... <laughs> Why, why, why did you do this to us? Why did you bring in this kid that is really enjoying himself with Yuji? Like they could have been best friends. They could have been contenders. Like it just, it, well, I, think, it, I think that shows that they are not afraid to kill. Oh, absolutely. So. And the way that he died was so heartbreaking. Um, but I think that when we get to episode nine, um, well, I'm sorry, not episode, episode nine is when we meet Junpei, but when we get to episode 12, uh, episode 12 was when Mahito kills Junpei. And that is the episode where Yuji actually says, like, the next words that I uttered came from a place that was so deep and so dark that I didn't even recognize me saying those words. And he's like, I'm going to kill you. And, you know, he had spent all this time trying to live up to his grandfather's last wish to save as many people as he could. So this is the first time that we actually hear Yuji say that he wants to take a life. And Yuji fighting Mahito. Even when Mahito pulls um, Nanami into his domain and Yuji breaks into the domain to save Nanami. I mean, it's just the entire episode of 12, like that is my favorite episode in this entire series. As, as good as the finale was, episode 12 is my absolute favorite episode. Um, and I just think that it, 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 at that point, we, we get to you realize like before that the villains were just kind of background right but when mahito kills junpei that's when it takes it to the next level and it's like okay now now the villains are really starting to piss me off and i think episode 12 is kind of where the series really just gets that chokehold and it never ever lets go at that point because now the villains are just as strong as the heroes and so that dynamic just continues as the episodes progress um, but, the, but the way that they do it in the, in the bites, right? So we, we talked about the arcs. Um, so after episode 12, episode 13 kicks off the, uh, exchange arc. Mm. So instead of them dragging out the emotions that come with each of these arcs, or even giving people time to breathe from, you know, the results of what has happened, we, we just move on to the next thing. And I think in, in live action, that wouldn't work. But in animation, and especially in Jujutsu Kaisen, that works really well because it doesn't give the audience a chance to breathe. It doesn't give the audience a chance to relax. So just as you're coming off that low of them killing Junpei, we're already on to the next thing. Um, and so I just, I don't, uh, this, is, this is a near perfect series in, in my eyes. I mean, I just think, it's done so well. The pacing is done really well. It keeps you on your toes. All of the characters matter. All of the characters mean something, even if they aren't in it for the entire thing. 
Um, and even the characters that are only in a couple of episodes, they're not wasted. The, the uh, villains that we meet at the suicide bridge, like they're only in it for those three episodes, but they're not wasted in those three episodes. Hmm. And you don't feel like, well, instead of fighting them, they could have fought somebody else. And like, while I'm, while I was watching this series, I never felt like, uh, that character didn't even need to exist. Like no, I, I everybody like had There's a purpose. A, I think a lot of characters have done quite well. Like I know I mentioned this earlier about in the exchange program where, um, uh, what's his name? Um, forget the names now. It was it UG where he's fighting? Is it Toto? Do you say Toto? Like, uh, yeah, Toto. Um, where like they have I what? So I was going to say is that the exchange program. I love that each episode was like a big fight, and that mm-hmm. pretty much took up a whole episode. And I loved even the interactions between them. So when Panda's fighting that sort of weird Mechamaru, yeah, that robot like character i thought that was amazing so i loved every like the whole for me so that was probably my favorite arc was the exchange program Mm -hmm. and to see like each episode and i i was actually like initially i was like are they actually gonna just have an episode that's just a fight yeah and that's basically what they have was a bunch of episodes that were just fights and then that was what was so great because you got to get into the heads of the characters that are fighting yeah well and then well then what i was surprised about was when they get to the end of the of this sort of exchange program they're like okay so we're gonna have like a a battle royale they're like no, you're gonna all play baseball. Like, <laughs> and it was like that 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 didn't you didn't see that coming. You know, you yeah. basically had like five episodes of everybody fighting, yeah, yeah. like two people fighting each other, or maybe yeah. some three. Like, and then you so then you're thinking, right, okay, to finish this off, they're gonna have a battle royal, both schools versus each other. Nope, yeah. you're gonna play baseball. So I thought that that oh, was Gojo's doing though. Like, he did that on purpose. Like I thought that was quite a cool yeah. um I thought that was quite a cool actual arc. Like, yeah. So I would say of the 24 episodes, that arc itself was my favorite. Although mm-hmm. um, actually we're going to talk about our favorite episodes now. Um, my favorite episode was the last episode. Like, yeah. That was probably my favorite. Was that, what, it's was so that, good. Is that your favorite episode too? Or? No, episode 12 was my favorite. When, when Yuji is fighting Mahito after Mahito kills Chimpei. That is my favorite episode. I, I, I loved everybody in that episode because when at, at, there was a point in time, like the whole thing with the villains is they know that Yuji is Sukuna's vessel. What they really want is for Yuji and Sukuna to make a pact. What they don't know is that Yuji and Sukuna have already made a pact, but mm. Yuji can't remember making the pact. Yeah. Um, so basically the villains want Yuji and Sukuna, Sukuna on their side. So they're doing all of these awful things to Yuji because they want Yuji to call Sukuna forward and then make the deal. Um, but it doesn't go the way that the villains want it to go because Sukuna is so arrogant. And at one point, Mahito accidentally touches Yuji's soul because that's his power. His, his cursed ability is that he can, he can transfigure people's actual souls. Um, but when he reaches into Yuji, because Yuji is Sukuna's vessel, he touches Sukuna's soul first and that pisses Sukuna off. And he says, look, man, I don't know who you are, but you don't belong here. And this is your one and only time to do this. If I catch you in here again, looking at my soul, I will end you. And so it's kind of like, that was not the reaction that Mahito wanted. And so when Yuji breaks into his domain to stop him from killing Nanami, because like that's that's the whole point of the domains is like these sorcerers they take their power and they kind of manifest it in like their ultimate move so to speak so inside of anyone's domain 
any kind of hit that they throw, any kind of power that they throw, any ability that they have, it is always going to land on their target. So basically, if you get stuck in someone's domain, you're shit out of luck because basically they have control inside their own domain. So it was super surprising to both of them when Yuji breaks in. But because he broke into the domain, that accidentally brought Sukuna and Mahito together again. And Sukuna was like, "Uh uh-uh, I told you. If I catch you looking at my soul again, I'm going to end you. And he is the one that sort of almost kills Mahito. And I just like, like he's, he's dormant inside of Yuji so much that sometimes you forget that Sukuna is there. But when he speaks, like his actions are never wasted. And I just thought that that 12th episode, it, there's so much stuff that happens. It's like the, the culmination of Nanami's relationship with Yuji. It's the relationship between Yuji and Junpei. It's the villain finally coming into his home because that was the first time that that villain had ever used his domain power. Um, oh, yeah, episode, episode 12 to me was, the, was sort of like the turning point where it was like, okay, this show, I, I, see, I see what you're doing here. Jujutsu Kaisen, I see what you're doing. <laughs> uh, so my final favorite episode was the final one. So we will talk. We're going to talk about the final episode at the end. So we'll come back to my favorite episode later. <laughs> so um, I think to be honest, we've talked about things we'd cut or change without, and I think you yeah. wouldn't probably cut mm-hmm. or change anything. Um, I was thinking about this actually. I don't really have a problem. I know I didn't. We both agree we're not big fans of horror that's got like possession and yeah. you know the like the paranormal activity stuff. And yeah. I think if so, when Sakano took over Yuji in the first couple of episodes, I thought if it stays like this, I'm probably not going to be interested. Mm-hmm. I I didn't like the possession thing at the beginning, so it was, that put me off like immediately. So I liked Yuji initially at the school and I thought he was brave and rebellious and I liked the fact that he had a bit of you know sort of something about him you know he wasn't going to be someone's puppet mm-hmm. strangely enough he does end up becoming someone's <laughs> puppet so I thought if it's going to stick like this I'm not a big fan of horror where it's down this road and I know it wasn't that horror horror as a show so I was like I'm not going to carry on with this but then once they kind of calmed that situation down and he joins the school and actually you don't really see the position thing at all mm-hmm. now i'm sure that's going to rear its head again um but he just mainly draws off the power of the cursed energy rather than actually being possessed mm-hmm. so and like you say there is a point mid-season where um he kind of makes a deal with Sakana, but he doesn't know what the deal is. So again, again, I thought we would see some of that this season, but we didn't. So I'm assuming we'll see some of that down the road. Oh, they leave so much stuff on the table that I can, I can only imagine how much more information they're going to pack into the second season. Yeah. Well, I mean, they're probably hoping this will go on for longer than that, but, um, but yeah, so I was trying to think about this. What would I cut now or change? I, there's the only little bits that really annoyed me were the bits that went really cartoony you know mm-hmm. like when the characters get really excited and suddenly mm-hmm. go from being looking like yes like, the like when they're they going sightseeing in tokyo or like oh, so, so, yeah. the final, so the final episode for instance when they um uh after they've had the big fight and then they find um uh what's his name uh on the floor yeah Vishigura laying on the floor and they go up to him they suddenly their eyes go like crossing <laughs> yeah and they're screaming and he goes, oh, can you two to be quiet? And they, their animation goes a bit weird. Yeah. I, prob- I probably would get rid of that style of animation because 
it was quite a serious show. And then they throw this sort of really sort of 12 year old cartoon yeah. in there. I, that's the one bit I probably would say I could do about like yeah. it didn't fit the tone of the whole show. So I can see when you say this is aimed at 15 to 18 year olds, mm-hmm. like that part I could see fitting in there, but I would have taken that out in all honesty. Uh, maybe they threw that in there to make it more suitable for younger kids to try <laughs> this odd, odd thing. So, um, but yeah, so that's probably for me. So yeah. naturally, yeah. I want to say I wish that they didn't kill Junpei, but if they don't kill Junpei, I don't think we get the Yuji that we get. So that said, I wouldn't change anything. Um, so, I mean, talking about animation. I, I other than that little bit of animation that I said mm-hmm. I'd probably get rid of, I generally think this animation was really strong. Yeah. Um, and, and the detail, like in some of the scenes, like, I mean, the scenes like on the trees and you can see the detail on the leaves and mm-hmm. things like that. It's, so the animation overall was very stylish and, and really like draws you in. Yeah. Now, even, even the fight scenes are so incredibly fast paced yeah. and just, just visually so amazing to, to look at so i i can't you know the animation is just phenomenal really. yeah it's so. i mean it's top notch like it is it it's some of the best animation out there where when we talked about demon slayer we talked about how smooth and pretty the animation and vibrant the animation was in the demon slayer series but with Jujutsu Kaisen, it's very vibrant in, in the colors that they do have, even though the colors are a little bit more muted. But it's almost ugly, uh, some of the animation, but it keeps it the same style from the manga. Um, so, like, there's times when, like, when Yuji finally learns how to use Black Fist and when when that energy starts to like rev up and it's red and it's sort of crackly but the lines don't line up so the coloring is not all on top of the lines the way that it should be but it is still so perfect for the the point that they're trying to get across so even though it's not that perfect pretty smooth animation this animation is so well done it is so well done I, I think it's just so good. Like I, I love just, I, I, I kind of, I love the style. Like, and I love mm-hmm. how it's um, goes from one thing to another. What I mean by that is like when you've got these real dark and gritty and fast paced action fight sequences and blood and just, just all over the place, you know, the backflips um, when you see them draw back and then fly forward and punch in and all this kind of stuff. And then suddenly you then well, on the flip side, when you're seeing the more, when you know the scenes where they're sort of more down to earth and they're chatting and walking mm-hmm. through streets and stuff like that, it feels more like you're watching some sort of Studio Ghibli um, kind of production where it, it's more light-hearted anime and it's very vibrant and colourful and you know you could it, it almost feels like it's suddenly become like a family movie yeah uh, and you kind of see in these bright blue skies and 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 I just think like it's such different tones of animation. Uh, so I think that's why for me it's really well done in terms of the animation itself. And I just think so much is so I'm gonna use the word style, but stylized. It's so stylized. Like you're mm-hmm. watching it and you're like, some of it just looks so cool. And even actually, we're gonna talk about the music in a minute, but like the intro and outro scenes are just like when I'm watching, especially the intro scenes where they're spicing together different bits from the show, mm-hmm. I'm like, this is so cool how they've done this. So uh, I'm yeah, I'm a big fan of the animation. I think it's 
definitely really pleasing to the eye. It's probably the best way to say it. So. Yeah. Yeah. It, it is a visual feast. Yeah. Should we jump into the music or do you want to? Yeah, we can. You ready? Okay. Yeah. So we're going to talk about the music a little bit and you're going to hear it. <laughs> we we're, we hope you're going to hear it. Um, all right. So the first one we're going to do, uh, and, and we're only doing this sure. because the anime is um, big on openings and endings. So Jujutsu Kaisen has two different openings. It switches halfway through the season. So we're going to talk about the first one first. So that season one intro, I think, is really amazing. Like in terms of just everything, the music is so cool. I love that that music is so catchy. Yeah, um, yeah. But I also love the video montage they put over the intro of season one, and mm-hmm. it basically summarizes all of the characters and shows little bits of their powers. So yes. like Ma- like Mackie, for instance, like uh, with her glasses. Yeah, and seeing the like, curse. Yeah, as she as she moves the glasses over her face, you suddenly see some sort of horrible creature in front of her yeah uh and i i I, it it does kind of like i said earlier it kind of gives you that in some moments like the studio ghibli type feel where you know because studio ghibli is always quite bright so there's bit parts about it that's quite bright and then there's Mm -hmm. other parts which are really dark and horrible like the you see the fingers and stuff like that so i i think that season one intro is is really amazing so i love that music it's so catchy yeah i actually prefer the first one um, yeah, I prefer the first one. I definitely, yeah. I, I found it quite jarring when they changed it. Second intro grew on me, um, but I would rather they just stuck with the first one. And I don't get why they do it. I know they do it a lot in anime. They change the intros. I would Yeah, I don't know why they do it. that either, but they do. Right. Definitely. Yeah. All right. And this one is the second one that starts with episode 13.
Although I will say for the second one, I love that we've got guitar playing cursed oh, no, energy like, grandpa from the, the principal from the other Kyoto school in there. I say, yeah, no, I was gonna say like that the fact that you hear the guitar and the drums. Yeah. But also at the end of the video, like the end of the intro, they show someone like playing the guitar. Yeah. Like, and then when they have that little drum beat at the end, the, the video flicks to the drum beats. Uh-huh. So I have to say in terms of the video, I preferred the second intro video. It's a lot faster mm-hmm. and there's a lot more fight sequences. And, and again, honestly, I keep saying the word stylized. I love how stylish like it is like there's a couple yeah. of, there's a couple of bits where you see like group shots of them like yeah kind of like where, where they're all like just looking really badass like i just yeah. it, honestly that those intro i i have to say shows like that have a cool intro like honestly are really cool like they don't really do intros anymore in like american tv and they just you know for instance like lost yeah. it just comes up lost or fringe or yeah or whatever or swat and like if you look back at like 90s tv shows like or early 2000s like like angel i used to love angels intro yeah. i used to think and i remember like angel every episode they would end the intro with angel and like cordelia and everyone like suddenly forming like a team shot like walking yeah. out like you know you know throwing their coats on as they walk out and like this kind of thing has some kind of I don't know, like that kind of style about it. Like yeah, I love the got that vibe. Yeah, yeah, that vibe. Yeah, that's the right word. So I definitely think those intros are really cool. Like I, yeah. I know you would love it too. So. <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I do love the intros. I really do. But the ending, which, by the way, the way that the ending is stylized is so completely left field of what this TV show or what the series is about. Um, but I think that is also part of the charm. But I love the ending so much that I did buy this single from the actual like <laughs> artist and it is on my perpetual playlist on my phone. So I listen to this ending all the time, all the time. And I just, I love it so much. Um, so we'll, we'll get to that one real quick. I seriously love that so much. I just, and I love that Fushiguro's like demon dogs are in the intro or in, in the ending as well. I think, well, 
what's great about that video is like this definitely the start of the art that oh yeah use. it's very very comic book i'd say like yeah you know, that's kind of what you know very um it's like t- t- like Tim Sale, or it kind of makes me think of those when they did the Marvel, when they did the Jeff Loeb, Tim Sale books, like Marvel Blue and whatever, what, sorry, Spider-Man Blue and Captain America Red. It kind of gives me that kind of feel about mm-hmm. it. And and the I, the music is brilliant, like a, like a little yeah. rap pop track across yeah. it. Like, um, but the video sequence they use is more like the characters in their normal day lives opposed yes. to the intro. So the intros are about the action and their... The, you know the fighting and all the rest of it where the outros are like hey this is them dancing and yeah walking it's, their dog yuji or- putting pomade in his hair fushiguro walking his demon dogs nobara shopping um it, it i mean it's yeah it's like their alternate personalities or if they weren't jujitsu sorcerers the kind of stuff that they'd be doing 100 so yeah i i think the music for this like was a big part of the show so that's why yeah. i thought it was important to like highlight this so let's jump into the end of season one oh, so 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 the i like i said i love that final episode i think yep. that final episode was amazing and i think we've highlighted this throughout our review there's a lot that they leave on the table so oh, yeah. for next for next time so mm-hmm. which is good though i think that's good when they leave stuff like that and i i think it's good when they don't just end season two with a cliffhanger and it's that one thing i love the fact that yes. they, they've sown several things oh yeah uh, but, there are so many balls up in the air that you just have no idea which one is going to drop first and they don't end it with one of these annoying cliffhangers where someone's like holding a I don't know a knife to someone's throat and it kind of the tiles come up like yeah actually they kind of give it an ending so I mean if yes. it didn't get picked up if it if it didn't get picked up yes it would be annoying but equally that you kind of saw them walk into the sunset a little bit but there's a few references throughout so I'm going to talk about like that fight scene um, which I thought was amazing in the middle mm-hmm. first before we jump into the end. So I, I've, I've mentioned this a few times. I love that fight scene. It was oh, so man. good. Like, so, that's got to be so one of the, good. That's got to be one of the best fight scenes I've seen in any kind of animation, I think. Like, Her so... confidence. And just the the way that they, that both no, Kugasaki and Yuji took the, the it just like turned everything against those two curses. Um, that was fantastic. Like the, the teamwork that it took for them to do that, where they basically made it so that those two curses had to decide if, if they were going to live or die. Like, look, mm. if, if this thing is going to curse me and you're telling me that I've only got 10 minutes to live, well, let me, let me move this along and tell you that if you don't make a decision, you are going to be the ones to die. So well, and I love afterwards. She was like, basically she didn't give a crap if they were cursed yeah um like curses or mm-hmm. if they were people that were cursed she oh, was yeah. like at the end of the day they it were too matter. powerful we didn't have time to mess around we needed yeah. to save ourselves so and she pretty much without her being there she took the lead now oh, yeah. if she if she hadn't have been there probably sakana would have had to have taken yes. over and like however it was her that really ran that show like yeah. it was definitely she was in charge. She was in charge of that whole sequence, which again isn't surprising because she probably has a little bit more ahead in terms of her own development and learning. Oh yeah, so. well she's she's very in tune with her own abilities, so that's what makes her so dangerous. Is that she's really really good at using her cursed energy. Um, 
but yeah, it was, it was her energy and her technique that, that saved them because if she hadn't taken out the one, then that other one never would have faltered the way that he did since, mm-hmm. since those curses were part of a trio of brothers. Yeah. hundred percent. Like, and they, and they leave that bit. That's what, so that's one of the things they leave open. So mm-hmm. one of the brothers gets, get, well, goes one of the brothers away. was not there. Yeah. 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 So you, but I thought that was a pretty cool sequence. And then, then it kind of, then it starts to jump into all the different characters um, mm-hmm. and sort of where they are. Um, uh, what's his name? The guy who's got the sort of cloth across his eyes. Oh, um, Gojo. Yeah. So then Gojo's on the phone to somebody and they mention about who, who could the traitor be? So we, mm-hmm. we don't know and we won't find out this season. Uh, they then show that lady getting the money out, which I don't know what that was about, but she's you know, when she gets like the 10 million or something out. Mm-hmm. And I, I have no idea what that's about. So, well, during uh, the, um, during the exchange arc, she is one of the, she's also one of the judges like that's sitting in the room, observing the students. Yeah. She, but she only works for money. So whether she is doing good things or bad things, like she's only helping if money is involved. So basically Gojo knows that someone is feeding information to the bad guys. So he he wants her to look into it, but she's definitely not going to look into anything unless he pays her to do it. Yeah. So I I wasn't too sure exactly what it was about, but cheers. Like I was a bit confused by that moment, but I did think it was quite a cool twist because what I love is as we're jumping through these little stages at the end, the titles are starting to come up. So you're mm-hmm. like, you know, the ending's coming. Again, I quite like this. So they sort of jump in and just show everybody, check in with everybody, um, even just little scenes like people walking down a hallway and it's kind of really making you feel like our oh, things are coming to an end just like mm-hmm. it's almost a little bit it's almost a little bit sad really so like with um what's it Yuji where he's got the little curse on his face chatting to him oh yeah that's like, Sukuna, yeah <laughs> sorry, yeah yeah no no, no we're still chatting to him so uh-huh. like um I thought that was quite cool as well like just reminding the audience that he's he's not going anywhere so and then like Mackie and the panda you see they're fighting as well mm-hmm. and I like, just check because we haven't seen them for a couple of episodes so it's quite cool that they have that little fight sequence between them so mm-hmm. I thought that was that was pretty cool so um i love the recommendations we get at the end too when when um, everybody poor everybody except for poor yunamaki gets recommended to be upgraded to first grade oh yeah 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 yeah. that's what i was gonna say so then everybody comes in and sort of recommends that they <coughs> get moved up a little yeah. bit so um but yeah so i i think there's a lot left on the table um I, I did say I love the promotion. Sorry, I agree with you about the promotions to first grade. I think that's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um, now, there's no season two announcement yet. Um, apparently. But there's going to be one. Yeah, no, no. I mean, so apparently there's going to be something towards the end of September. So there's some talk that by the end of September, we might have a release date. Uh, however, there is a Jujitsu Kaisen Zero, the movie, mm-hmm. going to be released on the 24th of December. And that's in Japan, I believe, but we're yeah. not sure about any UK, US or anything like that. I'm assuming that will be Japanese version. Yeah. Uh, so I don't think we'll see an English dub for a while. It's normally a few months later. So uh, now that's a pretty cool movie. Uh, so I, I'm actually excited to watch that. I'd like to see more of what's going on. So Yeah, it's not going to be, um, I think one of the only characters that we know so far that's going to be in it is uh, Gojo. He's he's part of that arc as well. Mm. So it'll be 
it'll be very interesting we'll get to meet some brand new characters the they do have a trailer the trailer has only been released in japanese um but there oh is yeah a trailer i, I for watched that. it yeah, yeah i mm-hmm. watched it yeah so um but oh no i'm excited so let's talk about ratings five so, <laughs> <laughs> okay <laughs> i jumped uh, the gun <laughs> Out, out of 20. I'm joking. Like, so we normally we normally rate out of five. So there's one thing we did, I can't remember what it was, and I was like 10. <laughs> so, He-Man. Uh, I am pretty uh, sure uh, it was He-Man. Uh, it wasn't He-Man. It wasn't He-Man. <laughs> I can't remember what it was now. Like I wish I could remember. But anyway, uh out of five. I do you know what? I probably would give it a four and a half. Like Yeah, that's fair. Right, so I I don't really have any reason to not give it any higher, but I just yeah. feel like I just won't. So <laughs> it's, it's a it's a five for me. It's wow. um a series that honestly it, it when I started watching it, it worked its way up to my fa- what like top five favorite anime um for me. It's up there with Psychopaths and Tokyo Ghoul in in my book. So I thoroughly thoroughly enjoy Jujutsu Kaisen. So I'm I think I definitely so I'd heard about it like not from other people as well as yourself and so I just said look why don't we check this out like mm-hmm. I said let's do some more anime and yeah I mean I heard about it you picked a great one yeah there's other anime I want to watch as well which has been going on a lot longer so I said let's go with this so anyway next episode we will return with a another geeks and niche conversation as we are speaking to the owner of the British comic shop chain Ace Comics that's Martin uh over there so looking forward to having him on the show and we're gonna dig deep and find out more about the well the uk comic book industry so yeah we're talking business now come on be sure to come back for that one and uh, don't forget we did start a second podcast series where we tackle some of the most essential graphic novels of all time our 10th late to the party book club was why the last man by brian k bond and pia guerra that episode uh, also marked our one-year book club anniversary. So please be sure to check that out because we do take a look back at our year of book club and talk about some of our favorite episodes there. Um, that episode dropped mid-September. So for our next book club, we're going to be reviewing Batman, The Long Halloween by Jeff Loeb and Tim Sale. Who I talked about earlier, actually. Yeah, um, you did. So- uh, you can follow us on social media. We are everywhere, Geeks and Niche, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And you can get this podcast wherever you get your podcasts, Google, Podbean, Apple, Spotify. We are everywhere. So please give us a five-star review and tell your geeky friends. Thanks for listening. I know this has been a long one, so appreciate it. Uh, Have a good week. Mustard leaf. Hey. (laughs) 